0: Hello, men. I'm happy to be back with you again as we talk through the essentials of the EPC. We're on essential number five. Lots of good stuff for us here today. So let's just jump right in. Um, It says The true church is composed of all persons who, through saving faith in Jesus Christ and the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit, are united together in the body of Christ. Church finds her visible yet imperfect expression in local congregations where the word of God is preached in its purity and the sacraments are administered in their integrity scriptural discipline is practiced and where loving fellowship is maintained, for her perfecting she awaits the return of her Lord. So there's two pictures that we're going to get here. There is of the big C church, a so church with a capital C, little C church, church with a small C. Now, it's a distinction we don't talk about a lot, but I think is a really important one. That there is this big C church. If you've ever um, been a part of our church or any church where you've said the Apostles' Creed and we say the Holy Catholic Church, um, I've had people go, "Wait a minute, we're not Catholic. Why would we talk about the Catholic Church?" not understanding that in that context catholic means universal so at the time the catholic church that we know it was kind of the universal church before protestantism came in and for us today we talk about there being a holy catholic church that means a universal church of all believers of all time and what's great about that is we're part of something bigger than ourselves it's not just Cedar Springs its not just Presbyterianism. It's not just the church in the United States of America, but we're part of something from the very beginning when Jesus kind of instituted the church through his uh, apostles that we're a part of that. There, and then all these saints that have gone before us. And I think that's especially important um, this year as we celebrate 225 years of Cedar Springs and hearing about the history of faithful people who just follow the Lord and trusted in his faithfulness and how they made a huge difference and that they have handed us of this church to be stewards of into the future. That That's the big C churches like that. There's a small C to that, but a big C to that. We all are the next people. We're the great cloud of witnesses that we're the next to kind of carry the baton moving forward, which is important. And even a part of what we do, we say the prayers and liturgy, You know, between the Lord's Prayer, the Apostles' Creed, other things that we do that have been said by the church for generations and generations and how important that that is, that we get to be a part of that. But as it comes to the Big C Church, there are three pictures that Scripture really gives us, I think, that are important for us. Uh, the first is a marriage from Ephesians 5. Um, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water and with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. And then jumping down to 31, before a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I'm saying it refers to Christ in the church. This picture of marriage is really a picture of Jesus in the church. Um, that we are the bride of Christ, that he loves us and cares for us and does everything he can for us. That's why when we find ourselves at a wedding, we look at the bride, of course, but then we look at the groom to be reminded of the love the groom has for his bride, how God feels about us. So that's what the church is, the big C church. It's like a marriage, that there's one who loves us and cares for us and takes care of us, and that's Christ. And our part to play in that is to be connected to him, to love him, to be encouraged by him. Second picture scripture gives us as a house from Ephesians two, nineteen through twenty two. Saying you who are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you are also being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. That the idea of the church is a dwelling place for God, that the temple back in the Old Testament, but for us today, we now as individuals are temples of the Holy Spirit, and then we collectively as the church are being built into something bigger and better than that. So the beauty of, you know, what Christ even said is what our greatest witness to the unbelieving world is the way that we love one another. And that was not just to the disciples that day, but it was to all of us as we love fellow believers in Christ. What a witness that we have to them being built up in a house, being built up as something that's a structure that's more important and bigger and stronger than ourselves, one that houses and cares for others. And the sad thing is when we see all these divisions with denominations, including our own Presbyterian tradition, that the people look at us and go, see, they can't even get along. They can't even agree on anything. And that actually hurts our witness. But opportunities that we have to be ecumenical, to love people within our own church body, of course, but also within our own traditions and across traditions to go, hey, there's things that we believe and things that we can agree on. And that's the beauty of even the EPC essentials that we've been talking about. There's certain things that everyone should agree on. The other things are things that are not essential and that we can talk about and disagree at and do it in love. So first picture is a marriage, picture is a house. The third picture is a body. You've heard this lots of times in First Corinthians chapter 12 there may be no division in the body, but the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ, and individually members of it. And God is appointed the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administering, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? Of course, the assumption is the answer is no to all those things. The idea is that we all have unique and individual gifts for the good of the kingdom. And he puts us together as a body. And just like a body without certain parts either won't live or won't flourish or won't do to the best of its ability. That's the way that we are as well. That God has given each and every one of us individual gifts to help the big C church, but also the little C church. That is, we think that God has uniquely placed each and every one of us at Cedar Springs with gifts and abilities and strengths that this church needs, that we have uh, the responsibility to steward those gifts well and use them. So that's the idea of the big C church. It gives us a picture of what marriage, gives us a picture of ability, and gives us a picture of a body. And then to the little C church, this local body, um, and how important that is, that God appointed for us to have these local bodies. You see at the beginning in Acts, what they said, they numbered their people, that 5,000. How would they know that? Why would they know that? because they were going to shepherd and be responsible for them. So many of Paul's letters to these individual churches mentions people by name. There was the idea that these were communities where people were deeply known for who they were and how important that is for us. And it gives us, in our essential, the marks of a true church. It's a place where a word of God is preached, where the sacraments are administered, where discipline is practiced, and where loving fellowship is maintained. So what are we to do in that? Like, those things are important. So, you know, if you hopefully you're here, you're in Cedar Springs, you love it. Um, If you ever go to another place and move away and look for a church, that's an important thing. It's what I've said to uh, my own son who's getting ready to go to college and other college kids that I've known over the years. You need to find a place that faithfully um, preaches the gospel, a place where they enjoy the sacraments and they do it well, a place where you can be known, loved, and encouraged for who you are. Um, and that's really, really important. So what are we supposed to do with that? we got to participate. You know what Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says, let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. That our job to be a part of the Little C Church, Cedar Springs Presbyterian Church to be specific here, is participate, be a part of it, be engaged, be involved. What does that look like? It's worship. This picture of this word preached and sacraments administered that we need to be there. These are means of grace that God works through his word. God works through his sacraments to speak grace to our hearts and to our souls. And it's good for us. It's important for us. So let me be that the first encouragement to you that to be at worship, to be in corporate worship together with fellow believers as we worship the Lord, how important that is. And, you know, I know because of COVID and other things, we found ourselves online and that's an easy habit to get into something's different when we're together. I don't know how to explain it beyond that. God's spirit promises to be where two or more are gathered in his name. So when we gather together, um, something different happens. When we take the sacraments together, something different happens. When we hear God's word preached in community, something different happens. So we need to be people who are part of that. So just encourage you towards that. And then encourage towards fellowship. It's just this idea of discipline and then loving fellowship. And that fellowship um, needs to be a place where we're loved. We need to be known and the idea of, you know, discipline being practiced. We don't like to talk about church discipline very much. The importance of church discipline is the accountability aspect. Is there someone who knows you? Someone who will, the famous question I like to ask people, if you ran away from Jesus tomorrow, who would come after you? And that's partially the role of the church. Do you have community within our church that loves you and cares about you enough that they will come after you if you ran away? And my hope is yes, but that's an important part of it for us. But then the last part, which we find the very end of it, is this idea of we're going missions. We're part of the worship of the church, part of the fellowship of the church, being engaged and involved in community. Then the mission, it says, awaits the return of the Lord at the end, that kind of picture that we were waiting on Jesus to come back. So what are we supposed to do as we wait? Um, I think two pictures in scripture are important. You remember the parable of the talents, that there is the master of the house who gives talents to all these different of his servants, and it depends on what they do with them. And two of them invest them into other things. They're using them to build up uh, the kingdom, and one just buries it. And what does the master say? It's like, you can't be trusted with much if you can't be trusted with little. The idea is we're supposed to be at work even now. We don't just sit waiting for Jesus to return. We're excited for his return, but we continue to be engaged and involved. And the second part is we preach the gospel. Matthew twenty four fourteen says that the gospel you preach to the ends of the earth and then the end will come. That our role in part to play is to preach the gospel wherever we can, to whoever we can because that's what will lead ultimately to the end. That is our participation in the church. So for all of us to be involved in worship and fellowship and mission and what an important part that is for us. So that's just a quick you know, 10 minute or so on the 5th. I'm, I'm excited for you guys. Y'all have conversation about it.